the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good holy Sunday morning with God. Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me. Good holy Sunday morning to you, my friends, my brothers and sisters. Um, this morning, let us rise towards the Lord after this little bit of snow in our area um, with the longings and prayers of an exile. I want all our listeners on this morning to be um, thinking of God's comfort because when we are all in troubles, we need to seek a higher level of comfort. You know, remember what um, this is something St. Paul speaks about in his second letter to the Corinthians, um, chapter 1, verse 4. God comforts us in all our troubles. Um, today, we will fly out in our prayers to China. We will fly out to the underground church. We will fly out to the many persecuted, whether Christians or the Uyghur Muslims or the many, many, many people, the children. Um, many troubling things happen in that, um, in that country. And definitely, um, a lot of times, we as Christians and we are people of good faith or we as public or private citizens, and somehow we end up being victims of our own opinions based on what we have learned from inductory the news medias or um, as well as from stereotypes today we're gonna go beyond the stereotypes we're gonna go beyond indoctrinations we're gonna see what is the truth of the matter inside of China especially around the actual Olympics and um, what is a good stand that we can take um, from the Olympics happening in China and how this can give us an opportunity to learn the cries of the poor, the cry of the persecuted inside of China who are crying to the Lord and telling, please, Lord, help us. Please, Lord, do not hide your face from us. So with this, we have with us um, on the phone a wonderful guest who will speak on these beautiful topics, um, you know, talking about um, in, in a spirit of prayer as well. Um, women in the church history are the earliest, earliest heralds of the good news. 
look at Elizabeth, look at Mary, the Virgin Mary, but also the Lord Jesus Christ himself counted on women a lot. Look at Anna the prophetess when Jesus was uh, now February 2nd. We just celebrated the presentation of the Lord to the temple. The prophetess Anna, she was a widow, 84 years old. She never left the actual temple. She held the baby and she told the people, look, see the redemption of Israel carrying the baby Jesus. And after that, uh, Jesus encountering many women, Mary and Martha, Mary Magdalene, and choosing Mary Magdalene to be the herald of his resurrection. Such a tradition picked up in our early church. And I do not know how many of you realize that many, many, many of the women were the martyrs of the early church, mothers and young girls. And they used to sanction them, actually, to brothel houses, that they will be publicly humiliated and and. and violated. It's like I know it's Sunday morning and it's something horrible. But definitely they sought to stop the birth of babies and to humiliate the wombs of these beautiful young virgins. We look at the stories of Santa Presedi, Santa, um, if we look at the uh, stories um, of many of the martyrs of the church in the early church, um, we will see that all of them were the very first pillars in the history of the church to stand up against uh, uh, ignorance, to stand up against the marginalization of women to stand up definitely against the murder of the women. And it was a woman saint, actually, who said um, in front of the emperor, give me either um, death or freedom or give me freedom or death. Um, with this, I am very happy to welcome Reggie uh, Little Joan, the president, Women's Rights Without Frontiers. She will be our guest. And But first, let us pray together. And for those who have their Bibles, we pray with Psalm 102, 102. O Lord, listen to my prayer and let my cry for help reach you. Do not hide your face from me. In the day of my distress, turn your ear towards me and answer me quickly when I call. For my days are vanishing like smoke. My bones burn away like a fire. My heart is withered like the grass. I forget to eat my bread. I cry with all my strength, and my skin clings to my bones. I have become like a pelican in the wilderness, like an owl in desolate places. I lie awake and I moan, like some lonely bird on a roof. All day long my foes revile me, those who hate me use my name as a curse. The bread I eat is ashes. My drink is mingled with tears. In your anger, Lord, and in your fury, you have lifted me up and thrown me down. My days are like a passing shadow, and I wither away like the grass. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you live in the hearts of your saints, and so have built up Zion. May you always show your greatness through their good works. I ask you today, with Reggie and her work and her community, with our mission of hope and mercy, and all the people are listening to us, establish true peace in China. Free your children who are being persecuted there in that land and everywhere in the world. 
let your name be truly known as the only Son of the living God, Savior and Redeemer of the world. We ask you, namely, crush Satan, our enemy in that land. We ask you to bring back to life the underground church that's been for hundreds of years severely persecuted. Many grains of wheat have died in that land, O Lord. It is time for them to blossom and to become part of your peace for the entire world, for the salvation of souls, for defeating Satan and evil, and definitely to make us all worship your name in all the nations of the world. You are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. My dear Reggie, good holy morning to you. Good morning, Father Andre. I, I love what you said about women um, and the history of women in the church and the way that Jesus honored women um, in his life and in his resurrection um, and the way that the virgins, you know, that the virgin martyrs were some of the pillars of the church. Um, all that is beautiful and and. and <clears throat> So what we're doing over in, in China is related to the dignity of the woman. I mean, it's it, you know what's called women's rights without frontiers. And we started out because women in China were being forcibly aborted by the hundreds of millions under the one-child policy, um, which is now the three-child policy. And um, even under the three-child policy, the, you know, the new rule is Every couple is allowed to have three children, which means you have to be part of a couple. You have to be married, and you can't have a fourth kid. So unmarried women and fourth children are still forcibly aborted, um, which is a terrible uh, violation of their of their rights, of their human rights, and also just their rights under God. Um, also, Reggie, you have you have heard uh, Psalm 102. I do not know if the phone connection was good enough for you to listen a little bit in depth on how how much of that Psalm 102 to just recall your memory personally in your own faith. How much of it does it apply to China, where people have been praying for hundreds of years yet they're still living in distress? For instance, where people are being lifted up and thrown down underground. Actually, you know, even their bread is like ashes. They keep crying. They use their strength to actually cry, and nobody in the world is helping them. And this was basically the moaning. You know, they feel lonely birds on the roof of the entire world. And the largest nation probably population wise if not the second largest nation i do not know which one between china and india but then every day they have been reviled by their foes by their enemies uh, it feels like a curse the more they have faith and we're talking numbers of christians of muslims who people of faith basically who live probably over 350 million people live in certain type of um, um, monotheistic faith inside of china how much of this psalm you think is true about the persecution against Christians and Muslims in China? Well, the Psalm 102 is definitely a, a cry to God from, of, of desperation. Um, and so, you know, so I'm thinking about the, the women in China who are being pressured to selectively abort or abandon their baby girls. Um, and, the, and the widows in China who are abandoned and have nothing to eat um, and who a lot of them are committing suicide. So uh, you had asked me before to talk a little bit about our Save a Girl and Save a Widow campaigns in China. Absolutely. Uh, so these are in some ways 
you know, we are the body of Christ, and, and God depends on us to be His hands and His feet. So we are the only organization in the world that has boots on the ground inside of China that is able to actually help save baby girls and abandoned widows. Um, and the people that we have in, who are working in China, our network, they are um, very on fire, passionate Christians. And they talk to people in China, um, some of whom have never even heard of Jesus. You know, China is an officially atheistic country, and a lot of people are coming to faith, and a lot of people are being baptized because of the fiery or on-fire faith of our field workers. But what we're able to do is um, when we find out about a woman who is either being pressured to abort her baby because she's a girl or abandon her, or who might even just be in tremendous financial distress and has a baby girl. And just and by the way, COVID has really hit our families. We are in a remote area of, of rural China, um, farming families. And then when, when, when the lockdowns hit China, twice our network has been shut down. And so our farming families have not been able to get their vegetables um, to market and so then they have no ability to to make any kind of money. They fall into a state of being truly destitute. And more than one family has actually thought, uh, considered giving away their baby girl as a uh, just as a mouth to feed that they can't afford. Um, so what we do is we go to their doors and we say, you know, congratulations on your baby girl. Girls are as good as boys, and we will give you a monthly stipend. Um, of $25 a month in yuan. Um, so it's, it's the Chinese equivalent of $25 a month to empower you to keep your baby girl. And so the mothers, they, they're never the ones who want to give away the girl or abort the girl. They want to keep their daughters. And that money and that encouragement enables them to go to their husbands, to go to their mothers-in-law and say, I can't abort, I can't abandon this baby girl. Look, she's a lucky girl. She's already bringing money into the family. And we have saved several hundred baby girls in this way. Um, and we have a similar program to, to save widows because the Chinese, uh, the, the, the family structure in China has been destroyed by the one child policy. The widows, they don't have family to support them. And um, senior suicide is, is at an alarming rate in China, especially among rural women. It's just, I think it's the highest in the world among Chinese rural women. Um, well, highest female suicide rate in the world. R and Rajiv, so um, if I may, if I may ask you um, the, the following, in, in regard to what you're saying, to clarify to our listeners, this is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre with Reggie, Little Jones, Women's Rights Without Frontiers, um, um, CEO. What, what I want to ask you, like in the, in the book of Genesis 3.15, uh, the God tells the snake that the seed of the woman will crush your head, but you will await at the heel, basically. And then we see in the book of Revelation, that's the first book of the uh, Bible, the book of Genesis, and then the book of Revelation, chapter 12, which is the last book of the Holy Bible. You know, the woman and the dragon, and the dragon is a red dragon, um, uh, describing that there was a sign that appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon, you know, with seven heads and ten horns and seven uh, crowns on its heads, and its tail swept a third of the stars, basically, out of the sky and flung them to the earth. And then the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth. 
so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. And definitely um, the woman runs into um, the actual desert, fled into the wilderness, basically, to a place prepared for her by God. First of all, I want to salute you for what you're doing. I do believe you're saving the seeds, the good seeds of the woman. But um, uh, in your understanding, do you think there is a war against women in China? Is it fair to say that the one-child policy, the forced abortion, the forced sterilization, the sexual slavery, um, are these um, uh, indicative that there is a real war against women in China? Well, yes. I mean, I, I've said this for a long time, that, for, that forced abortion and the sex-selective abortion of baby girls are the real war against women. Now, there's a situation now where there is – no one knows exactly, but there's something like between 30 and 40 million more men living in China than women. And that means that 30, 30 to 40 million women just don't exist in China because they were aborted before they were born. How many people die in a war? I mean, this is this is 30 to 40 million women who are not there. You know, I would say that this is a war against women. And and, and, and you look also at what, what China is doing to the Uyghur population in Xinjiang. So these are, are Muslims. Um, but they are committing genocide. And that has been an official determination by both the uh, Trump administration and the Biden administration. I, I want to ask you about that, about the Uyghur. We have, we have to, to cover that as well. But first, let me ask you, what do you think the solution is? How, how is your organization, Women's Rights Without Frontiers, is it able to make a difference? Uh, what is your strategy to make a difference? What do you want our listeners in this regard to do? Well, I would like everybody to go onto my website, womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. That's womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org, and click on... Um, on the right-hand side, there's two buttons. One says Save a Girl, one says Save a Widow, and that's something you can do to save individual girls and individual widows um, in China. And just in, in terms of strategically, you know, we are a direct aid organization, so that's how we're able to get direct aid into the hands of babies, you know, the mothers of these babies and the widows in China, and we're the only ones who are able to do that. But beyond that, we're also an advocacy organization. We actually started out as an advocacy organization and are one of the top voices. I mean, I've been top, called the top voice in the world against forced abortion and the sexual assault of abortion of baby girls in China to raise the visibility of the issue. Because as you know, the Bible says, have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And China has such a, they have a propaganda department. They have so much money, they have so much power, and they just put out lies all over the world about themselves. Um, and it's really important for people like me to stand up and say, you know what? Actually, they are still forcibly aborting women under the free child policy, and girls are continuing to be um, selectively aborted, abandoned, neglected, um, you know, right now, regardless of whether it's one child, two children, or three children. Wow. And, and you know, the context now, there is a huge event that's just it's happening or just happened, the actual Olympics in China. And um, you sent a press release to boycott these um, Olympics. And I do believe that our president and somehow um, did something to boycott or 
he, he kind of like send a warning about the sports. But it seems that sports is indifferent to the Uyghur genocide. Right. It seems like the, the sports is going and, and the nations and the sports agencies are a little bit indifferent to the Uyghur genocide. And you, you worked on that. What, what is that genocide about and why is it to boycott the Olympics? Why the Olympics is we should be utilized as a good podium in the world to highlight that there is a genocide against Uyghurs and there is a persecution in China. Well, the Olympics are going to start on February 4th. That's this Friday. And, um, you know, we, we, I testified before the United States Congress in May of last year saying we need to move these games because, you know, because of the genocide. And, of course, they were not moved. And so now, I, you know, they're just going to go forward. And there is a feeling of indifference, and it's very, very disturbing. So in terms of the genocide, um, the reason I got involved with this issue is because this genocide is, is being perpetrated to a large extent by, you know, by the forced abortion, forced sterilization of weird women, systematic rape. Then um, they're also doing something that I find almost unimaginable. Like they, they, so they, they have between one and three million people in internment camps in Xinjiang, China. Um, and what, what, one of the patterns is that they will, they will detain the husband of the family, saying that they have too many children. So having too many children is, is considered to be, um, China has said that this is an indication of religious extremism. So, so if you have three children or more, you can get detained for, for being a, a religious extremist. So they detain the husband, and then they send a Han Chinese man to live with the wife and the, and the children, sleep in the bed with her, and spy on her to see if she does anything that would indicate that she's a religious extremist. Wow. So she does something like pray, or you know, I don't know what else she would do to, to indicate she's a religious extremist. They will detain her, and then they'll take the children away and put them in a Chinese boarding school where they will be forced to forget their original language um, and learn everything in, in Han Chinese uh, and, and just and, and forsake their heritage and their families. So, um, so this is genocide. This is trying to destroy in whole or in part. A, a, a certain ethnic minority, and, and and there's been an official determination, like I said, by both the Trump administration and the Biden administration. The Biden administration has done something called a diplomatic boycott, which all it means is that the top diplomats from the United States will not be attending. To me, that's a slap on the wrist. I mean, we should have done a full boycott. What we should have done is we should have moved the games. We I see. Moved the games so that the poor athletes would not be forced to compete against their consciences, and I'm sure that a lot of them feel very, um, have mixed feelings about this. I mean, on one hand, I'm sure as an athlete that you are thrilled to be competing in the, in the Olympic Games, and on the other hand, you probably feel terrible that you're doing it in a country that is flowing with the blood of 400 million forced abortions and, and uh, Uyghur genocide. Can, can you repeat how many millions of abortions are forced abortions, please? Can you repeat one more time? Okay, so a long time ago, like maybe even 10 years ago, the Chinese Communist Party boasted that they had prevented 400 million lives through uh, the one-child policy. So hundreds of millions of those were, were for what they said was from abortions. Uh, another large number were through sterilization. Some were for, from forced contraceptions. But that 
number of 400 million is very old. I mean, it might it might even be 10 years old, something like that. I, I think it's probably closer to 500 million at this point. My um, God. So, so, I mean, so this is a, a much larger number than the entire population of the United States and Canada combined. Correct. That doesn't exist in China because of, you know, because of coercive population control. And now China has found itself to be in a terrible position because they don't have a young population to, um, to sustain them. They don't, they don't, they, okay, so they, they, their working age population is going down. Their mar- marriage markets are collapsing because there are so many hundreds of millions more men than women. And their seniors are in utter poverty, and some of them are even committing suicide because they have no one to support them, and the government is not is, is not stepping up to the plate. Rajiv, so, uh, I love I love to have you for, for another episode. We're going to continue with this, and I want to promise to people this is a good Sunday morning with Father Andre, um, with uh, Reggie Littlejohn, and we're going to also speak about the mandates and the vaccines because this is also what affect, is affecting China population and here in the United States. But we, I, with you, invite... Um, the Lord God to be attentive, but also the people to be attentive. Our prayer must be for those who are helpless. We have to believe that in Psalm 2, as we say in the second part, um, the Lord will endure forever, and his name will be great from age to age. And the Lord will arise and will have mercy on China, on the U.S., on us all. I invite you, my friends, join the mission of hope and mercy. Join people like Reggie and her organization, and let this time be time of mercy and justice. May God bless us all, and may all the nations fear the name of the Lord God, and all the earth's kings give glory to God. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.